why don't we just do that now? Just take a moment and pray for our mothers and for the others who are involved. Father, we just thank you so much for what this day represents and the excitement it brings to so many. And we pray for our mothers and those who are going to be mothers. We pray, God, that you will give them strength today, encourage them and you, help them to feel loved and surrounded by those that uh, love them greatly. And Father, for those that are represented today, that this is, this is a painful day because of the loss of a mom, because of the loss of a child, because of the lack of a child, because of a strained relationship. And Father, so many other things that might cause pain for them on this day. I pray that you will also encourage them that they'll find you to be the friend that sticks closer than a brother, the one who loves them beyond any human ability. Father, may this day encourage and strengthen and serve to bring you glory. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, welcome to Mile Straight. We're so glad that you're here today. Uh, we just want to uh, give you a chance to enjoy what God is doing at Mile Straight. And so we're going to join in with some thoughts and some uh, study time today. I want you to take very careful attention to what we're going to study. In fact, in your bulletin, you'll find a study guide that was prepared just for you. It has our verses listed as well as a place for you to take notes. We'd love for you to grab it out and use it as the day we look at a very important topic and today we're talking about the anxiety breaker some people would think about anxiety and they know that this is a big deal in fact it involves anxiety disorders involves 40 million Americans so this isn't something that's light. It's not something that is just passive and a few people here and there have it. But this is something that is experienced by millions of people. Our text uses the word anxious. Don't be anxious, it says. In fact, what we're dealing with when we talk about being anxious is, is something that involves so many other people. In fact, the majority of Americans will feel some sort of an anxious feeling whether in a small way or a big way, throughout their weeks. And so we're talking about something that is huge. You may say, well, are they the same thing? Technically, according to the definitions, anxiety and being anxious are the same thing. I, from what I've come to understand with my research and study into this is that anxiety is kind of the next level. It's like being anxious is something that a lot of us feel, a lot of us experience, but anxiety is something that's taken a step up in intensity. It's, it's more severe. It's more crippling in life. And so while we talked about that, and while we're going to see it unveiled a little bit better, I also want you to understand with just full disclosure that our study today may very well take some of us through a series of emotions. It may be that for you today, looking at anxiety through the way we're going to deal with it, you may come across feeling a little bit angry. You may come across feeling a little bit disgruntled, a little bit aggravated, a little bit agitated. You may, you may go into frustration or whatever else may fit. And it's very understandable. 
And especially when we come to the first point, because the first point, despite the fact that it is straight from God's Word, is going to seem to minimize what you're feeling and what you're facing. Now, there's not a thing in the world I can do about that except to warn you ahead of time. It's going it's to create a, a place where you feel like, like the Bible is just saying, you know what, it's not a big deal. And yet, please understand that that's not the end of the discussion. Simply the beginning. And so what I'm going to ask you to do today is just to be patient with me. Allow me to walk us through the three steps that are found in this passage of Scripture in Philippians chapter 4. Allow me to walk us through this concept before you pass judgment, before you jump onto your emotions and start banging around and throwing stuff at me, okay? Just be patient with me. So where do we begin? Let's look at the verses. If you've got your study guide, you'll find these verses listed for you there. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Okay, so the three steps. Let's just jump right in here. Number one, if you're ready to write, the Apostle Paul says to us, he says, number one, don't worry. Don't worry. Now, I know if you're dealing with anxiety, and especially if it is extremely crippling to you, you listen to that and you say, that, that, is, just, that is just crazy. I mean, you're taking something that is so intense and so controlling in my life, and you're saying, well, just don't do it. I mean, it's just so passive. It's just so, so minimizing of what's going on in my life. And I understand you're frustrated by that. And yet, let's evolve the thoughts. Let's build this a little bit further before you get too involved in that emotion. Paul just simply says... Do not worry. He says, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. The definition of anxious and the definition of anxiety share some things in common. It shares fear and it shares worry. And the biblical definition then kind of summarizes and it says, it's this area of life or your entire life where you have a lack of confidence in God. So there's fear, there's worry, there's a lack of confidence, and the Apostle Paul says, don't do it. Don't do it. In fact, he takes it to the next level when he says, be anxious for nothing. It's a very emphatic statement he makes here. He's saying the rule is, you are never to contradict this statement. There is never to be a situation or a circumstance in your life that contradicts the statement that you are to be anxious for nothing. Nothing. And I'm not going to survive without that sheet of paper. I'll fix that. How many of you are still mad? No. Okay, good. So Paul says, do not do it. There's a line here. There's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a place that's been set by God himself, and he says, don't cross the line. Be anxious 
for nothing. Okay. So all of a sudden, we've got a very high standard set. We've got a very high place that, that we're trying to achieve, and we're looking at, and we realize that that in itself, for a lot of us, is completely impossible. It's impossible. So then, thankfully, Paul doesn't leave us hanging there. Thankfully, he doesn't take us to that point and say, now, you do what you can. I'm telling you, God's saying that you are not to be anxious in anything, and so now you better figure out how you're going to accomplish that. But instead, the Apostle Paul now takes us to the second thought, and here's where we're going to spend the bulk of our time today. Here's where we're going to dig into something that's going to be really involved and really important that we follow and pursue this with all of our hearts if we want to break the anxiety that's restricting us, that's binding us, that's, that's hurting our relationships. And he simply says, don't worry, instead... Tell God. Number two, instead, tell God. Once again, it sounds minimalistic, doesn't it? It sounds like you're saying, okay, so don't worry, just tell God and it's going to be okay. But I want you to see how much more is packed into that conversation. I want you to see how much the Apostle Paul places into this thought, instead, tell God. Listen to what he says. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Some people are listening to this. And they're saying, okay, so what you're saying is that there is no place in the life of a believer, there's no place in the presence of God for anxiety, for me to be anxious, for worry, for fear. And that's true according to the first part of the verse. And so... I see that, that God's commanding and directing me to not have that in my life. And so therefore, I'm just going to shut it down. That's it. Not going to have it anymore. And that's great. Man, if that's, if that's your heart in this, that's great. But please let me show you that it's just not that simple. It's just not that simple. And it's not that simple because of the fact that so much of our lives have been piling into anxiety. So we've been building a normal for ourselves. It's something that meets a need. When there is fear and when there is worry and when there is stress, all of these things are coming upon us. Our normal programmed response is to find anxiety. Now, I'm not saying that, that this is the good thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Certainly it is. But this is not the reason for this particular thought. What we're looking at here is that we built a lifestyle around something that is harmful, something that is destructive, and something that even though we know it's controlling us, even though we know it's overwhelming, we still run to it because somehow... It meets a need in our lives. And so even though we say, I'm not going there, not going to do it, we find ourselves right back in it because it meets a need. Meets a need. So then what's the solution? I mean, if we're talking about an anxiety breaker, then certainly we've got a solution to this problem, right? Certainly there's something that's going to be freeing. There's something that's going to loosen the, bound, the, bindery, the, the things that are binding us, I guess is the easiest way to say it, and set us free from anxiety, right? 
And the answer is yes. That's right. In fact, the Apostle Paul suggests something that we looked at a couple of weeks ago in relationship to a different topic. But it's the, the replacement principle. The replacement principle. Where if there's something that's meeting my need and yet it's bad for me, I've got to find something else to replace it that's also going to meet that need. In this case, this something that is meeting the need, it's, it's feeling a, a yearning in my life because I say, I've got to deal with this problem. I've got to handle it. I've somehow got to work myself through it. It's meeting a need, this anxiety that's building up with inside us that's crippling our lives. It's meeting a need, but I've got to find something else to meet that need. And in this case, that which Paul prescribes is so much better and that which the world offers. And what does Paul prescribe? Look again at verse 6. He says, be anxious for nothing. Okay, here's the replacement principle. Be anxious for nothing, but, or instead of anxiety, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Let your request be made known unto God. So where does this start? We're going to tell God through prayer and supplication. What does that mean? Prayer just simply means I'm talking to God. Supplication goes beyond that. The definition of supplication is the action of asking or begging for something earnestly. The action of asking or begging for something earnestly. So we have one, prayer is this discussion with God. And two, the supplication is the importance on which we place there. So it's like this. How many of us know that there are different levels of prayer in which we find it very important in some areas and not as important in other areas? Don't raise your hand, but let me just show you an example. Okay. Let's say that I'm praying a prayer. God, I want you to bless my day today. Uh, take care of me. Give, me. give me wisdom when I'm at work. Help me to, to be able to get along with my coworkers. And help me to be able to make that sale or whatever the case may be. How many of you think that the intensity of that prayer is going to be on the same level as the parent who's saying, Dear God, my child has gotten away from you. My child has gotten into drugs or hanging out with people that's either going to get them killed or put them in jail. God, you've got to do something. You've got to work. You're the only one who can. Is the intensity level going to be the same? Absolutely not. Is the importance I'm placing up on one of those prayers going to be greater than the other? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's the same thing. Paul is saying, you've got this anxiety that's controlling your life, that's crippling your life, that's, that's hurting your relationships. And I want to give you something to replace that. And that something is prayer and supplication. That something is a total dependence upon God to where you recognize when you're in the heart of anxiety, the only freedom you will ever find is found in Jesus Christ. And you've got to call out to him as if he is the only one who can separate you from that anxiety. It's the only one. Jesus breaks it down into further details Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 and following, he says something like this. He said, don't worry about tomorrow. 
He said, don't say, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? Because your father knows that you need those things. And here comes the replacement principle. He said, but instead of worry, instead of fear, instead of anxiety, instead of being anxious, instead seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. In other words, seek the kingdom of God. Seek God. Seek to know God better. You see, the more I invest in the Word of God, the more I spend time with people who, who know more than I do about Scripture, who are pouring themselves into me, the more I spend time in a collective audience like this or in Sunday school or in a life group, the more I'm going to learn about God. And the more I learn about God, the more I know that God is in control of my life. And God is in control of everything that happens and so I focus my heart and my mind on God and knowing him more and I focus my heart and my mind on the plan of God because I know that God has a plan for my life I know that God is in control of my life to such an extent that he plans out everything that happens so he may allow some things into my life. He may cause some things in my life. Some of them may be of great joy. Some of them may be of great sorrow. And yet through it all, God is in control. And God is working his perfect plan in my life. And when I get to this place to where I recognize that God is in control and I understand that God has a plan for my life, then all of a sudden it begins to ease the anxiety. And when I take this to the final step here, I, I recognize and I focus on God and knowing Him more. I focus on His plan for my life and then I focus on His righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. I focus on the fact that God is pure all the time. That God is holy all the time. That God is righteous all the time. And therefore, God is faithful all the time. So when I see that God has a plan for my life and, and that God is in control of that plan and God can be trusted with that plan, whether it takes me through the difficult times, whether it takes me through the good times, whether it takes me through sorrow and pain and suffering or joy that cannot be expressed, regardless of where I am, I know that I can trust the Almighty God because I have focused my heart and my mind on him to the extent that I don't need the anxiety. Don't need the anxiety. Now I know that there are some issues, medical issues that cause anxiety. And we're not really talking about that. But I also think that there are times, there are times when we blame anxiety on medical issues. Instead of calling it what it really is, a destructive act of the flesh and of the devil, and I've got to focus on God to rid myself of it. Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness rather than anxiety, rather than worry, rather than fear. Seek kingdom of God when I get to this place in my life 
It makes it so much easier for me to pray to God with thanksgiving because I know that God is good and I know that God is faithful and I know that God is in control in my life and I know that God has a plan for my life. And so I began to invest the time in prayer. I began to invest the time in studying God's Word. I began to invest the time in Sunday school or life groups or audience uh, studies. Because I want to break free of the anxiety that has held me for so long. I want to get rid of it. And it's only when I come to this place that step number three is possible in my life. Number three, your final point, main point, that I can experience unimaginable peace. I can experience unimaginable peace. Isn't that what he says in verse 7? And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Peace of God. When I focus my heart on God and His plan and His righteousness, and I pray in thanksgiving before God for the blessings to know of what He can do in my life. And God says something amazing happens. He begins to free me from the anxiety that binds. And He places a guard over my thoughts and my mind. He places this guard around me to where the worry and the fear and the anxiety and the anxious feelings have no place in my life anymore. And the incredible blessing of God's work in my life comes to pass when He instills in me peace that humanly cannot be explained. It's true, one day we're going to heaven, those of us who know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and when we step into heaven, we're going to enter into a place of complete peace. Not only peace within me, but peace all around me. Everything will be entering a place of peace. And while I look forward to that, I don't have that here. I can't control what goes on outside of me. I can't control what other people do. I can't control what other people say about me. I can't control what, what happens with my health. I can't control what happens sometimes with my finances. I have no control over those things at times. And therefore, if I'm trying to find peace on the outside, then I'm, I'm fighting a lost cause. But what I'm really looking for is that blessing of God with which God is going to give me an unimaginable peace in my existence.
And it only comes when I surrender myself to Him and I begin to seek Him with all of my heart. I've come to realize something. This is your final feeling that there is no room for anxiety and trust. There's no room for anxiety and trust. There's no room for worry or fear in faith. So what are we going to do with information like this? Here's what I'm praying. For those of us who know what it is to face anxiety, I'm praying that today you say, okay, God, I see what you've done. I see how you've laid it out. You said those who seek you will find you. And therefore, God, I I confess this as sin. I've, I've allowed myself to go to a place to where I haven't trusted you with all my heart, soul, mind, and spirit. And God... I I ask forgiveness over that. I confess it to you as sin. And I turn now to seek you with all my heart. I want to seek you to the extent that I know you. I know your greatness. I know your faithfulness. I know your goodness. And I recognize your plan. I may never fully understand your plan. Because your ways are not my ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. And I may not always appreciate your plan because sometimes it takes me through places that are painful, that bring sorrow into my life, that bring hurt, devastation. And yet, God, I know that I can trust you. I know that you're at work in my life. When when I am overwhelmed with good in my life, I know you're at work. And it's the same when I'm overwhelmed with sorrow and pain and suffering. I know you're at work. When death or or physical problems enter into my life or into my family, I know, God, that you're at work. And I want to grow in my faith to the extent that even in those times I can trust you. Even in those times that you grow my faith You help me to know you even more to where I leave anxiety where it should be in a graveyard. And I quit resurrecting it every time I've got a problem. That's my prayer for you. If you've got anxiety, that today you just turn it over to God. It's my prayer for those who may not know Christ as Savior that you understand your need of a Savior today. There is no way to battle through this world. There's no way to get to a place to where you don't have the anxiety and you have peace apart from Jesus Christ. And so my prayer for you is that today... In just a minute, when I give you an opportunity, you're just going to come and meet me here at the front and say, I want to know more about that. Here's what you can expect to happen. 
I'm not going to call your name out. I'm not going to embarrass you. But I'll have someone who's trained in God's Word take you somewhere where you can talk and will share with you God's plan of salvation. If you'd like to know more about that, then I pray that you'll come to learn that today. For those who God's may be leading to be part of our church family, for those God's leading to be baptized, you've been saved, you've been, been obedient to, to come to the Savior, now God's leading you to this next step of obedience and baptism, then I invite you to come and see me. Let's just use the day as a time to get things right. Will you join me in that?